welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the final episode of Duckies and Dargons of 2022. As always, my name is Mayhem, and it is always a pleasure to be back here as your DM for this evening. It's been a couple weeks since we were here, hasn't it? And those weeks have not been without spectacle and full of craziness and a lot of hecticness as the holiday season rolls around so before we get into even tonight's recap i just want to go ahead and say a massive massive thank you to the entire and i mean the entire ttrpg community because you guys have blown up duckies and dargons over the last couple of weeks do not sit there for one second and think that i don't check the analytics on anchor like to see how the podcast is performing because i do and oh my goodness you guys have shown support beyond anything that I could have imagined. So thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for all of the love and support that you guys have given Duckies and Dargons this year. Because this year alone, we have had nearly 800 plays. And that's just like scattered across every single episode that we've done. I think we're actually about 54, 53 episodes in. So yeah, thank you so much so much to the entire community that has been checking out this podcast and whether you've loved it or hated it that's entirely up to you but the fact of the matter is that you've supported it even as much as clicking like on one of our tweets or following us on twitter which if you haven't done so already please go ahead and do so we're so close to 400 followers but ladies and gentlemen enough of the gratitude let's get into not just recapping the last group episode but recapping the supplemental episode now as i mentioned in this last episode uh last group episode add-on unfortunately was not well enough to play so we ended up doing a little supplement the players made their way out of black fort they have left zaris's hometown their business in the city is now concluded they have stopped off at the snowcap outpost uh, and secured their method of getting home by way of making their way to one of the piers or docks on the Iceblade shores and securing passage back to the southern coast of Zyuria. They were told that it would take approximately two days travel, weather prevailing, and uh, yeah, they've made their way across the start of their journey on their way they have traversed a little bit of the wilderness relatively uneventful they have seen what appears to be a gigantic gargantuan sized rainbow dragon in the sky uh Ilara had some thoughts on that dragon which we have also discussed out of session which has been very interesting to discuss with Ilara uh, Zaris has said fuck all about that dragon, which is normally really, really, really interesting because Slade as a player uh, is all for like one, like these things that are mystical and magical. He loves, uh, he loves little intricate details. So I'm kind of wondering whether or not he's got any thoughts about that. Maybe I'll ask him in the new year. Maybe I won't. I don't know. We'll just have to see how it goes. So day two of the travel. I believe it was, uh, was when our players made their way to a secluded, snowy, tree-filled enclave. And above all of this, I've actually forgotten to mention the fact that Anon had gone missing. 
How the fuck do I forget to mention that one of our party members has gone missing? Uh, so, the disaster duo, accompanied by Vlar, made their way to this clearing, and then were subsequently set upon by two yetis, which is where we ended up, uh, we ended the group session, and moved on to our supplemental uh, session with Anon to explain her whereabouts. Noting that she had been taken away from the material realm into a dreamscape of a large underground subterranean crypt that was inhabited by a drow inquisitor and two of their little priest s uh, companions. The Inquisitor wanted Anon again to come home back to the Underdark with them and regain her studies under the tutelage of the Spider Queen. But Anon being Anon, she refused. She did not want to go back. I'm sure she has her reasons and she probably will never tell us because she's very secretive and she doesn't tell us anything, even out of session, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then the Inquisitor made the diabolically lethal mistake of addressing Anon by a particular name and lost her head because of it. So, Anon, you have officially taken out a high-ranking member of the hierarchy that exists under the, under the Spider Queen. Uh, Anon was also given a task and a job offer to replace the Inquisitor. The task being that she had to destroy a mysterious arcane item that she does not know who it belongs to or what the item is. Only that she knows the person that it belongs to. She just has to figure it out as to who their identity is. And also destroy the item without anybody knowing. So, we pick up tonight's session. Back in Vardor, on the material plane. Thank God. All these plane jumps is going to be absolutely killer from my memory. And it's only going to get worse, which I'll explain that bit at the end of the session. Uh, we begin tonight's session in combat against the two yetis that Zaris, Elera, and Vlar have stumbled across. So, I know that Zaris said he was at the bathroom. I don't know whether he has rejoined I us. I am back. He is back. Hello, hello, hello. Like, I have gone to the bathroom, eaten a sandwich, made me a drink. Uh -huh. like, I Like, I have rushed. <laughs> that oh teething's gonna have indigestion. That teething... Well, I fucking... I have fucking heartburn. <laughs> that teething's gonna be... Cycle. <laughs> that te that teething's gonna be shitting fire for the rest of the campaign. Let's just say that. So... Come get uh, some marshmallows and a pig. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, no. Air <laughs> 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 squash. Fucking roll, roll initiative. Uh, I have. You, oh, you, roll, you rolled a five, Hilera. What the fuck? Uh, hey, hey, hey. I'm still quite hot headed, thank you very much. So fuck off. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Zaris, what's your roll? 19 plus 1, so uh, dirty 20. Dirty 20, okay. So it looks like the initiative order is as follows for the ladies and gentlemen at home. 
we have Zaris, we have Vlar, we have both of the Yetis, and then at the very end of the initiative, we have <coughs> the hothead herself, Ilera. So, I Zaris. Still last. <laughs> well, let's just see. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. Uh, so, there's two Yetis, correct? Yes. yes. From, okay, fantastic. Okay, so... In order of operation, bonus action. Uh, oh, no, wait a minute. No, actually, it would still work, I think. Let me let me make sure. I, I don't want to say that and then it not. Okay, cool. <clears throat> I had to read the wording of the spell. Okay. okay. <clears throat> so, bonus action hex. Uh-huh. On on this one here. Okay. <clears throat> action, summon lesser undead using a first level spell slot. Okay. Uh, so please pull out... Uh, oh, fuck. Okay. Fucking... Let's pull out... Fucking... Gary. Okay, well, I, was, I was about to say, I've only got the tokens for Laddie <laughs> and Muffin at the moment, so it's going to have Larry, to be yeah. one of them. Yeah, get Larry. Uh, right. Controlled by <clears throat> Zadis. Yep. He takes his turn immediately after my turn is over. Okay. Because uh, of the way the wording of the spell is. <clears throat> Um, so that's action, bonus action, movement. Uh, I am going to, no, I'm going to free action, activate, uh, the, uh, ring of shadows to make me go invisible and then stealth my way 5, 10, 15, 20, <clears throat> 25, 30 there stealth there <clears throat> and get advantage because i'm invisible uh that would be a 17 for stealth <clears throat> okay and okay that is my turn so then larry goes immediately after me <clears throat> Um, Larry is going to <clears throat> good night. Jesus fuck Christ. <laughs> that there's a heartburn. There's a heartburn. That you were talking about. over here. God. Uh, Larry is going to grave bolt the one that has hex on him. Okay. So I'm going to see if I hit. <laughs> Seventeen to hit. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. All right. So it will be two d four plus three plus one d six for hex. Where are my d fours? There they are. <clears throat> the two d four first. Uh, three, six, nine, plus a D six, 
uh, an additional four, so nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 points of cold damage. Beautiful. <laughs> he is then going to move. This makes things so difficult because I don't know where the squares are. <laughs> Do you not see the squares on the map? I, I turned off the roll 20 grid. I, so I see those, but they're not lined up. So yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. <clears throat> uh, so he is going to move there, and can I do anything else? Uh, that was action. Uh, no, I cannot. Okay, cool. So that is the end of Larry's turn. It is now over to you. Oh. Okay, so moving on to Vlar. Uh, the first thing that you get, you see Alara is Zaris just completely zip out of line of sight. Um, Vlar then begins to hunker down and you see her rooting around in a small pouch attached to her belt. And I need to actually... Yeah. Okay, so uh, you see Vlar turn to you, Alara, and says, trust me on this. It's going to help. And she uh, places a hand very briefly on your shoulder. You feel this warm sensation spread throughout your body, and it's almost as though there is some sort of higher power watching over you as she, as she casts Divine Favor. So... <coughs> For the next minute, so for the next 10 rounds of combat, if you hit a creature, you deal an extra D4 radiant damage. Plus D4 radiant, yeah? Yes, 1D4 radiant. So that is her bonus action. Her action is going to be to... Uh, yeah, fuck it. She's going to target the Yeti on the right with an inflict wounds at... Oh, how much of a dick do I want to be? It's yeah. Christmas, DM. <laughs> yep, she's going to go for inflict wounds at fourth level. So... I need to roll to see if she hits. She does. That was an 18 on the die, so that is a 24 to hit. So she is about to... Uh, she's about to deal 6d10 necrotic damage. Which is a total of... 28 necrotic damage. So let me just mark off the hit points for... Uh, so that would have brought it down to that. So, uh, Ilara, after you see Vlar, uh, you see Vlar targeting the Yeti on the right. Uh, you then watch as she takes a couple of paces away from you, separating yourself, separating herself from you. Uh, that brings us over to. <laughs> the yeti that just got fucking fourth level spelled uh you know what perception check with advantage uh which he has on 
perception checks with, uh, regarding scent or the use of smell. That still didn't help him. Okay. So it's got a clear line of sight on you, Aletta. It is going to use its movement to close the gap and is going to make two attacks at you. Uh, uh -huh. Where the fuck is the... Where did I just put that D20? There it is. Why the fuck did I put it there? I am not with it tonight, chat. What the hell am I doing? Uh, that is a 16 to hit. That totally doesn't hit, but it does. <laughs> totally doesn't hit, but it does. Okay. So that is... I need that one. And let's go for that one. It's a pretty nice day today. So let's go. That is... 11 points of slashing damage on the first attack. Ouch. That's out of the box. And that's a 12 to hit as well. 12 won't hit. 12 doesn't hit. Okay. Uh, nope. Over on to Yeti number two, which is the one that had Hex cast on him. Um, he's going to close in on Vlar and make two attacks against her. That's a nat fucking 20. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's. Oh god. Okay. So that's 23 points of slashing damage. On the first attack. And second attack. Misses. Okay. So, Alara, over to you. With Zarus on deck. Ah, well, after that lovely slash, Alara is going to go. <clears throat> and she is just going to straight up aim towards the Yeti stomach and cast Eldritch Blast. Lovely. Go for it. So, I just need to make my roll for that one if you give me a second. That's a 16. That hits. And then I need to do my other roll. But hold on. Forgetting the second roll here. <laughs> D10. I keep forgetting this. I keep forgetting this. D10. Five. <laughs> okay, uh, give me a second. Well, <laughs> uh, but I do get a plus four, so that would be a nine overall damage but yeah so that's nine damage overall yeah five edges blast and okay. four from the radiant and that is round one done on that one okay anything else that you want to do with your turn elera is going to back the fuck up for this Take off this map here. How far am I to move? Still 30 feet, is it? Yeah, uh, whatever your movement speed is. Right next to Lar. Okay. And then I am just going to. I don't know, I'm not saying anything, I'm just pissed off that I got fucking slashed at. This is the fucking new shirt as well, and. No. Fucking. Anyway, so I'm just gonna just gonna shout fuck at the fucking yeti. 
Oh my god. All right, Zarus, you're up. Okay, so uh, bonus action expeditious retreat with a first level. So I am down to one first level spell slot. Uh, and I can now dash as a bonus action. Cannot do that this turn because it required me to use a bonus action in order to cast the spell. Uh, but for the next turn, I will be able to start dashing away. It is a concentration spell as well. Secondly, uh, for my action, I would like to use... Uh... Actually, no, I'm going to move first. Sure. So, 5, 10, 15, 25. Uh, move there, and then I am going to use my action to cast... Uh, shit. Not familiar with that spell. cast Chromatic Orb at second level, I believe, is what I'm going to do. Uh, make sure that that's what I want to do, because I need to see if it upgrades when I upgrade spell level. Yes, okay. Chromatic Orb at second level, so I have one second level spell slot left. So roll to see if I hit, and I do have advantage because I am invisible. Uh, okay, the second one was a nat 20. Woohoo! Fantastic, because the first one was a three. Uh, Go ahead and remind me, three. Uh, which Yeti are you targeting? The one that has Hex. So, so this one right here. That one right there, yes. Excellent, okay. So, so let's see. So it'd be 4d8 plus, uh, uh, yeah, 4d8 doubled and then d6 doubled because he has hex on him. Yep. So, so, uh, 25 doubled is 510. Yeah. 25 doubled is 50 plus uh, 8. So 58. 58 on the first one. So that brings him down to that. So I am no longer in Viz because I had to cast uh, an attack spell. So I am out of Invis. So for a free action, I'm going to re-roll back into stealth. Uh, I am not in stealth. I rolled another fucking three. <laughs> uh, so uh, that took that out of the way. And that is my turn. Going over to Larry, however. Larry is going to attack first, then move. So he's going to hit him with a uh, grave bolt. Okay. Uh, does a 16 hit? Yes. Cool. Fantastic. 2d4 plus 1d6. Uh, 4, 5, 6, 7 plus hex. So 10 damage total. Okay. Another 10 damage. 5, 10, 15. Actually, no. I'm going to use this fucking ruler because I don't know where the fucking squares are at. <laughs> Uh, 
30 feet is right there. So move right there. Perfect. All right, cool. Fantastic. That is my turn done. Okay, perfect. Moving on to Vlar. Uh, Lara, as you make your way over to the left-hand side of Vlar, you see her reaching behind her and unbuckling this gigantic steel mace. You, The first thing that you notice about it is that it is polished like a mirror and it's got several gems set on the set within the grooves uh between each of the points you see her unbuckle it and she just looks to you and says you know these yetis uh they're not as bad as the ones that you know roam in the other parts of this place but let's kill them nonetheless so she is going to rolls if she hits she does so that is eight points of bludgeoning damage on which one is she targeting she is targeting the one with hex as well so that's an extra d6 right zaris uh unfortunately no because it only affects for me right so okay in just double checking just double checking so Ilara, like I said, you see her, it, it's one fell swoop. You see her grip the bottom of the uh, the handle of this mace. You see the mace head swing downward and then straight back up as she catches it with the second hand. She immediately takes a swing right into this, uh, the outside uh, part of the Yeti's left kneecap. You see the kneecap buckle and the Yeti fall to fall to its knee with this roar of pain emitting from its, its voice. And you see as it actually has to extend an arm and catch itself before falling prone. Uh, let me just do that right quick. So, with the end of Vlar's turn, uh, somebody, somebody roll me a perception check, please. Okie dokie. Oh, I already heard someone roll there. <laughs> 18. 18. Uh, <clears throat> actually, where is Zaris at this point? Oh, he's, he's in. He's, I'm in he's, a tree. He's <laughs> in a fucking tree. Are you actually up the tree or are you just hiding no, behind the tree? No, he's hugging the no. tree. Okay. No, I'm having so, a druid moment. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Zaris, <laughs> as you are observing Ilera and Vlar. Uh, taking care of one of the yetis, uh, you you peek out from behind the tree and you notice this, it's almost like this plume of snow being kicked up into the air. And as it settles, you see Anon appearing about 10 feet away from Alara's left-hand side. Cool, uh, so basically what I do is I peer around the tree and go, Roo, Shaggy! And then I see Anon. <laughs> uh, Anon, if you could go ahead and roll initiative for me, that would be great. 17. 17. Jesus Christ, she was prepared. Okay. Uh, that is actually <laughs> fucking brilliant because that brings us right to you. Fuck it up! Fuck both of them up. You're going to leave one of them standing? Yeah. We might use Well, I'm gonna go for the one that's in front of me because that's all I'm seeing is Alera and the other chick fighting this Yeti. 
Okay. I lost my dice. Well done. Foam dice for Christmas. Welcome. <laughs> listen, listen. She, <laughs> a she actually asked for more dice for Christmas. I was one click away from buying them. And then I turned around and said, are you absolutely sure you want more dice for Christmas? And she went, no, I want this instead. <laughs> I would have bought them anyway. Now, you see, when, when your fiance... Tony, you'll, you'll learn this when you're older. When your fiance tells you, I want this instead, then you drop the first suggestion. <laughs> Did you really just pull when you're fucking older? Bitch, I'm fucking yeah. older than you. <laughs> <laughs> Anon, what did you roll to hit? I'm imagining... 26. She... Okay, 26. That definitely hits. I was about to say, I'm imagining she's wrestling with one of our cats that's trying to eat the dice at the moment. No, they, they've both run away from me now. Oh, did you shout at them? Uh, once you check my message, you'll understand why. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, I just saw it. Okay. So do I roll damage or no? Yes. I'm getting sneak attack on this because I have just appeared. Uh, yeah, you have. Thirteen damage. Okay, doggy, go ahead and describe your shot as I'm taking off the damage for that one. How tall is this Yeti? It's about nine foot tall. Okay, so my rapier goes straight through his stomach and out again. Okay, beautiful. With blood just spurting out. Beautiful, okay. Uh, so that's the end of your turn, right? Uh, no, and then I'm immediately going into stealth. Okay. And that is 18. 18 on stealth. Okie dokie. Excellent. Uh, anything else you'd like to do? Mm, yeah, I'll go closer to the other Yeti. What? This one? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, moving on to the healthier looking Yeti, uh, it is going to notice its friend getting attacked by multiple people at the same time and is going to make a charge attack. Uh, I need both Vlar and Aletta to make dexterity saving throws. Vlar fails. I can tell you that right off the fucking rip. Ah, uh, fuck. I don't... Uh, I, I, got, I got a good roll. You, you got... Uh, yeah, it's a really good roll, but unfortunately it's not quite enough in order to pass. So... Uh, uh, I know, I got, I got, I got, an, I got, I got a 19, I know it's not the best of... Uh, yeah, you, you needed a nat 20 in order to, to pass this one, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're both going to take... 
seven points of bludgeoning damage as the yeti literally just british bulldogs straight through both of you and you are both knocked prone so when it comes around to your turn you will have to expend uh half of your movement in order to get up uh that brings us around over to the yeti that uh actually you know i'm going to place him place the one that just charged at you guys there uh the second yeti is going to make two attacks with advantage because you are prone i need another d20 okay so the uh the yeti is targeting alara so the first one hits uh second one misses so where is the dice for the damage That is 11 points of slashing damage, Alara. As you look up and see the Yeti swiping with its claws, you see the first one rip through your abdomen. And then because of just overjudging its attack, you see that luckily the second one misses you as well. So that is that Yeti's turn, which actually brings us right over to you. Alara's dead. <laughs> no. Fucking hope not. <laughs> I, right. didn't, I didn't plan. I didn't plan to kill you this second. <laughs> okay, so Alara's not gonna get up at, at this moment, and she is going to ca cast cast a uh, witch bolt. Would be done at disadvantage because you are prone. That's absolutely fine. Then so da, 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 I just do my. Well, shit, it's a seven that's not going to hit. Okay. <laughs> Anything else that you're uh, wanting to do with your turn? She is... Bu -bu 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 I can't do another action there, so she is just going to... She's going to be risky. She's going to be stupid. She's going to stand up. Okay, so you expend half your movement to get up. Are you going and anywhere it... after that? Oh, yeah, I'm fucking moving. So I'm guessing by that logic, I can only move about 15 feet. Yes. Okay, so it's like, uh, 15, right? Alright, that's my turn. Okay. Top of the initiative, Zaris, you're up. Oh shit, okay, so... Uh, Hiding in a tree. Uh, pulling a Scooby-Doo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do I do? Uh, I don't really need to dash right at the moment. So, bonus action call out Muffin. Okay. Give me a second to get the token on the map for him. And I'm going to have him. No, it's 30 feet. Hold up. Yep. Uh, 
frost breath in this direction towards the one that is hexed. Uh, so the, one that is, is there... the, the one that's hexed is the one at the bottom. Oh, it's this one? Yeah. Okay, so... The, the one that's at the top right now overtook the, the hexed one. <clears throat> okay. Thankfully, Vlar does not need to make a dexterity saving throw because it just reaches this yeti okay uh but frost breath on the yeti the yeti will need to make a dexterity saving throw middle finger disadvantage free action uh start off with that uh that is a four that fails so uh 2d4 for the frost breath uh, five damage plus hex. Uh, five, six, seven. So seven points of damage for cold damage. And that is bonus action. Action, I am going to use Eldritch Blast. Uh, okay. 15 to hit. Misses. Okay, cool. Uh, so that is action, bonus action. I am going to... Fuck it. I'm gonna move to there. And... That will be Zeris's turn. Uh, Larry. Larry is going to move first. What kind Dude, of damage does that does Larry deal? Larry uh, technically deals uh, cold damage because that is the way that the uh, the spell was created. But uh, mixed with my Eldritch invocation, okay. otherwise without without the invocation, he would deal necrotic. Okay. Uh, so grave bolt. Uh, that misses. Just absolutely fucking misses. <laughs> I, uh, so that's the thing. Cool. Uh, not gonna talk about it. Not gonna talk about it. Not, okay. just not gonna talk about it. Okay. Not gonna talk about it. Uh, that is the end of Larry's turn. Uh, so Vlar is up next. Vlar, what is Vlar gonna do? I've never played a Kaladic before, so I actually have so many fucking options. Uh, Hmm. She's used her only fourth level spell slot. Uh. It's the fucking downside of not knowing what half of these spells do. Is you're just not prepared. All right. Fuck it. She is going to. Actually, what does? Does she have that prepared? No, she doesn't. Shit. Okay. Uh, she is going to cast Inflict Wounds again, this time at third level. So that is going to be... Well, we'll have to find out whether it hits or not first. She is going for... Yeah, she's going to go for the Yeti that is looking less beat up. Because uh, she thinks it's more of a threat at the moment. <laughs> That does hit, so let me roll the damage for that. 
that is 37 points of necrotic damage. Um, Anon and Ilera, you guys are the ones that are close enough in order to see it. Uh, you watch Zar, uh, Zar, Vlar finish casting Inflict Wounds and you watch as several multiple deep inch multiple inch deep lacerations just tear through the front and back of the yeti that is uh to her left hand side uh let me just note down that damage real quick also fyi the other uh the yeti that is hexed is literally like he's fucked so you guys have got a good chance of taking him out in the next round of combat. Christmas spirit. <laughs> Add on, over to you. I'm gonna take uh, the Yeti out. You're gonna try. So you're aim for, just for clarity, you're aiming. If you want to take out the Yeti, it's this one down here. Yep. Twenty-three to hit. Definitely hits. Go ahead and roll damage. I think it'd be a massive problem if the AC of a fucking abominable Yeti would, was 23. I don't even think dragons have an AC that high. 11 damage. Oh, you motherfucker. Still up. Bollocks. Still up. Anything else that you like to do with your turn? I'm going back into stealth. Okay, go ahead and roll stealth. 13. Duly noted. Give me one second, I'll note that down. 13 for Anon stealth. Okay, is that your turn? That is indeed. Okay, on to the healthier looking Yeti at the top. It is going to flank round to Vlar and make two claw attacks. First one hits. Second one does not. So that is going to be 13 slashing damage. As you, uh, Anon, as you move away from Vlar just in time, you see the yeti furthest away from you uh close in on vlar and slash down on her right shoulder he watches the claws of the yeti reach, go from shoulder just about halfway down her abdomen uh ripping her armor ever so slightly and you can see trickles of blood beginning to to pour uh from her arm and shoulder and chest so the yeti that is literally on death's door <laughs> Like, literally, you could sneeze on this fucking Yeti and it would just fucking fall. Uh, is going to make a perception check with advantage because he's using smell to see if he can find out where Anon went to. He will see you. So you watch Anon as the Yeti turns towards you and is going to make two uh, slashing attacks against you. Yeah. Uh, that is going to be a 19 and a 16. One hits. A okay. 16. 
The 19? You mean? Because if the 16 hits, then both of them hit. Anon? I said the 19 hits. I thought you said the 16 hits. Yeah, and, and my look, my brain's not working. Uh-huh, I can tell. Die. <laughs> it's 13 points of slashing damage, Anon. Somebody's getting cold for Christmas. More <laughs> <laughs> right. like he's getting cold, rammed up his fucking arse. Uh-huh. Hey, you never know, I might be into that. Uh, Ilara. Gross. Ilara. Shoot yourself. Ilara, over to you. Okay, to the healthier looking Yeti, Alara is going to cast a cloud of daggers. Okie dokie. Uh, so, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'd probably say about that location there, just so it's chip, chip, chipping away at him. Okay. Uh, so you will need to. So look at your like one d four slashing damage. Do you want to do the initial roll first, or just the your? Say again. I said, do you want to do the the twenty roll, or do you want to do the one d four? Of course, I got to do the uh, words. I will words. do the d four roll. <laughs> so. Does it need to make a saving throw, or do you need to make a attack roll? You have a fill area with a cube of spinning daggers that stretches five feet across and is centered on the point of your choosing. Creature takes one uh, 4d4 slashing damage when it enters the area and starts its turn there. Okay, so it's not going to take that damage just now. So when it gets back round to that yeti's turn, roll 4d4 and let me know what it says. Well, do. And as a. Stuff is going to work or not. Can I hold an action or is that already just the action being used? Uh, you can hold a reaction. So you can. Hold a reaction to... Wait, give me one second. Uh... Why is that not... Because there's, there's a reaction to? I can hold just now, so... I mean, if you've got something that is a reaction, then go ahead and use that. Hellish Rebuke. Okay, so that's if you <laughs> get hit by something. Okay. Yeah, as a reaction. So that okay. is uh, point of you, you know about that one anyway. So yeah, right, excellent. So so give me one second. That is the top of the initiative. It goes back round to Zaris. Cool, fantastic. All right. So uh, bonus action. Which one is Hex? This one. Yes, sir. Uh, Muffin stays where he's at and needs to roll to see if he gets his frost we weapon breath back. <laughs> Uh, he does. Fantastic. Uh, Frost Breath again. Please make a dexterity saving throw. Is it still under the condition of disadvantage because you flipped it off? Uh, I have. I would have to do it again. Okay. And no problem. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm going to do it again as a free action. Just get that out of the way. Fuck it. Okay, well, it's going to fail. Fail? Cool. Uh, 2d4... I'm gonna fucking kill you if you roll two ones on those two d4. Uh, four, five, six, seven. Okay. How do you want to do nine, this? Eight, nine, ten total. Uh, I mean, he would just 
freeze over with the frost breath, I would imagine. So Muffin okay. would be the one to kill him. So he just like turns into this giant fucking icicle. Okay, okay. Uh, so that is Muffin as bonus action. The hex will pass over to this Yeti now. Uh, so I will use my action to cast a chromatic orb at second level, going down to zero second level spells. Uh, so roll to see if I hit. Does an 18 hit? Yes, it does. Fantastic. So 4d8 cold damage plus 1d6 cold damage. So. 20 plus that's cut 22 uh damage damage holy shit okay uh yeah because that's 48 plus 1d6 for hex Daniel. Uh, yep uh, so then that is the end of Zerus's turn. Going over to Larry. Larry is going to shoot a grave bolt at him. Uh, he misses. So Larry is not having a good day today. No, Laddie, uh, Laddie hasn't seen action in a very long time, so he's a little bit rusty. Fair enough. Uh, but that is Larry's turn. So that is the end of what I needed to do. Awesome. Okay, moving on over to Vlar. Uh, what does Vlar want to do? She's used a third level spell. She's only got... She's got two left. So, she... Huh. Okay, what is it? what's affected by this? Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, Vlar is going to cast Bane at first level. Uh, that is her action. Does she have any other b -b -b bonus action stuffs that she can do real quick? And what does... Ooh... Oh, that doesn't do what I thought it would. That's sad. Uh, is that a... Oh, it's not. Okay, so... Vlar is going to take a scan around her immediate surroundings, uh, looking predominantly at Anon and Alera. She's going to notice that they have taken... Uh, they have taken damage during this uh, during this fight, and she is going to cast mass healing word. So, Anon and Aleta, you both receive ten points of uh, healing. And that is going to bring us on over to Anon as Vlar finishes her turn. By the way, this Yeti is looking fucked up. Like, actual fucked up. Okay. Um, I'm going to aim for its belly again. Okay. Twenty-six. Definitely hits. Go ahead and roll. 
And that is eight damage. Okie dokie. Give me a second whilst I note that down. Go ahead and uh, describe your attack. Can I slice it? I'm slicing its belly open. Yeah, I'll say you can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, anything else you'd like to do? No. Okay, so... The Yeti has Bane. Uh, you know what? I'm going to roll a d4. I do my 4d4 for the Cloud of Daggers. Yes, you? go ahead and roll that 4d4 for me, Alara. Six plus the four for the Radiance. So, ten damage? No, you need, to roll, total, yeah. oh, no, you need to roll a d... Oh, you rolled a d4 for the Radiance, did you? Mm-hmm, I did, uh, yeah. I did the I did the I did the four D four for the counter daggers and then I I'm plus I'm adding the four onto the six there. Okay, it's a you have to roll a D four. It's not just it's not a flat four. Oh right, 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 right. Sorry, my, my, my No no my, you're my, cool. My, my you're cool. So eight total yeah. then. Just the four for the four for the for the cloud of daggers and then six for, four for the, the radiance. I'm looking at six for your cloud of daggers, not four. Because you rolled a single d4, then you rolled 4d4, which is your Cloud of Daggers, and then you rolled a second d4, so you're doing 10 damage. That's what I said. Then <laughs> you said... Okay. Never no. mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just roll straight past it. Okay. Uh, yeah, he is going to... Actually, roll d... I'm, I'm going to roll a d4 and see who it targets. Ilara. Okay, so not only is it going to take the damage from the Cloud of Daggers, but it's actually going to get an opportunity attack from Vlar with her mace. That's a 19 on the die, so that does hit. Uh, so that is going to be... What's her damage roll for her mace? That's four points of damage from the mace as you walk... on as you watch... Uh, the Yeti turn and begin to run. Vlar takes the opportunity that she gets to slam the mace into the Yeti's back, causing it just that little bit of extra oomph and movement and momentum as it's rushing towards Alera. Uh, Alera is going to make two slashing attacks towards you with a D4 minus on both of them because of Bane. So that is a... That, that doesn't even need the D4 minus because it doesn't hit anyway. That one will need the D4 minus. So that is a 14 to hit. Ooh, well, 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 well. I've got my coat on, so uh, my armor is 14. Meets it, beats it. Mm -hmm. Meets it, beats it. So you're going to take... Mm -hmm. just, just tell me how much I'm, I'm getting hit by. <laughs> <laughs> 15 points of slashing damage. I fucking hate it here. <laughs> you know that 10 points of healing you got from Vlar. Say goodbye oh, to that 12 kid. days of D &D, the <laughs> DM gave to me. me. <laughs> <laughs> One fucked up session right now. <laughs> uh, and a Yeti that just won't die. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so it has moved over towards Ilera. Uh, it's going to end its turn, which brings us on over to Ilera. Reaction. 
<laughs> yes, hellish After rebuke. Again. Hellish rebuke. Yeah. Yes, go ahead and roll. I can't remember what the damage is for, uh, it for that. Is, b -b 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 creature must make a, uh, make a dex save equal to 13. Okay, well, it's not got a dex bonus, so that's a 10. 10. Right, okay, so when a failed, uh, failed save target takes 3d10 fire damage. Fucking hell, I forgot how much damage that shit does. So, da, 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 da. I actually forgot Hellish Rebuke does that amount of damage. And that's a cantrip, right? If I'm right, and thinking, hold on. Cyrus, Hellish Rebuke's a cantrip, right? Uh, no. I don't think so. Let me look. It's first level. It's a first level. Holy shit. Yeah, oh, but, you, but you can and you can increase the uh, the damage the, the the damage by increasing the spell slot. Yeah. So. Well, the one I've got written here is a second level spell. So um. Have you bumped yeah, so up? It, have you bumped up the second level? No, it's the one that I've got in the sheet here. They passed me. <laughs> okay, so then that's wrong because it's it's a first level evocation spell that if you bump it up to second level it becomes 3d10 yeah that's what i've that's what i've got here <laughs> okay so if you're wanting to cast it at first level it'd be 2d10 it's 2d10 so you can choose 2d10 or i'm casting a fucking fool Elaire's pissed off so she's fucking doing this in full fucking rage okay go <laughs> so. ahead roll 3d10 for me holy shit so 3d10 14. okay uh, actually, I need to check. Hold on a second. Because you also have to make a dexterity saving throw, too. Yeah, it failed mm -hmm. that. To get a 13 plus your uh, radiant damage, so total damage I've got is 18. 18? Because there's four, because bear in mind, I get the radiant attack after every attack yep, I do. Yep, yep. So, that was um, a reaction there, so that's... So... Or is it after every? Oh wait, no, that's a no, reaction, no. so that wouldn't count. Though, no, 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 a no, no. It's whenever you. It's whenever you hit a target, it deals that extra D four radiant. So you rolled your. You did your fourteen from Hellish Rebuke. Roll your D four for uh, the radiant damage because it's not a flat four. Well, four. It's four anyway. <laughs> Fuck me. That's twice in a row you've done that. And so, I've still got the main action. Um, uh, yeah, because it's your turn. Holy shit. That was just your reaction. Mm-hmm. But uh, Zarus was going to say something there, so. Yeah, okay. So, all right. So, I'm, I'm trying to catch up with this. So, are you doing this on your turn, or are you doing this at the end of the Yeti's turn after damaging you? Because the Hellish Rebuke is very specific. End of, I... end of the Yeti's turn after getting damaged. Okay, because it, it, it's very specific in stating that you can only cast it, it after the creature has damaged you. Yeah. So if so, okay, so this would be coming up on Alara's turn. Yes. Okay. Did you roll the dexterity saving throw? For the yay, yes, I did. Did you fail? Yes. Cool. Okay. Then never mind on that because if you had <laughs> passed, you would only took half of the fourteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what I was trying to figure out. All right. Oh, scares me. Right, so main attack then. Ba, 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 I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say right now, 
no matter I'm what no matter what you're hitting it with all you have to do is hit so poke it cool <laughs> oh i'm going fucking all out here pack to the blade warhammer please okay you summon your warhammer and then i'll do my hit swear to god if you don't hit with this i'm gonna laugh so fucking hard 17 hits okay before you even roll your damage i'm going to say that you you kill it with this hit so how do you want to do this he was on so one, get, it was on I one hit point <laughs> well then it doesn't matter what rolling that one right okay so <laughs> partly partly sort of a bit a bit damaged we'll say tankalera we'll call her now at the moment a bit <laughs> fucked up she looks at this yeti lying on the is, is the yeti lying on the ground uh, I would say that it is doing the drunk guy swagger. It's like swaying from side to side. It's it's its limbs have gone limp. It's it's literally clinging on to life by a and fucking yeti, by a fucking thread. And well, yeti, it's and yeti. It says, "I could do this all day." <laughs> <laughs> what about to prove that wrong? So. Uh, <laughs> Is just going to, whether 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 Pat Lloyd Warhammer, she's just going to stare at the Yeti, see that it's sort of wobbling around and its head's you know dazed. She is just going to have the sort of Warhammer in both hands on the ground, and she is going to swing the Warhammer up, so the sort of the sort of one end of the hammer just hits the chin, cracks the back of the Yeti's neck. But as it's happening, she's jumping up for extra sort of momentum. Right. And then she's just gonna, well, if he's dead, can I do another sort of, if he's dead, can I do another attack? <laughs> I mean, technically, but out of initiative, y'all can do whatever the fuck you want now. Right, okay, so he, I hope he'd be lying on the ground at this point after getting, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. so, in the chin. She, Vlar, she's gonna play whack-a-mole with his face. Vlar, Anon, Zaris, Larry, <laughs> and Muffin all watch as the, the blunt face of Elera's Warhammer swangs straight into the chin. You watch the head recoil back with such force that you actually hear the vertebrae and the brainstem snapping. You see the Yeti just go limp, drops to its knees, face plants the snow. And then Eleta, Eleta is literally just fucking doing... If any of you have ever seen the TikToks of the lumberjack guy who splits logs every single video he does, she yes. is, she, she's, oh, doing, she's doing that to this poor yeti's face. <laughs> Let me tell you something funny. Uh-huh. I could have talked my way out of this entire situation because I speak yeti. <laughs> oh my, how the fuck do you speak yeti? I speak common, giant, infernal, yeti, venoran, celestial, and abyssal. All right then. <laughs> So I could have talked my entire way out of this, but I wanted to hit something. <laughs> so after right. after that sort of last molly whop to the face, uh, Elera's just gonna put, have the warhammer just in her, in her right hand, and she's gonna go on her knees, and she's gonna be like, "Fuck." <sighs> Vlar, you're a healer, right, Vlar? <laughs> Vlar begins to make her way over to you. Uh. And just she rummages around inside one of her pouches and hands you a healing portion. Go ahead and heal for 44 plus six, uh, 44 
Actually, no, wait. Hold on. Which one did she have? I, I can just give Alara a fucking cookie if I have to. I have a uh, shit yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go, yeah, go ahead and do that. Uh, so Vlora's rummaging around in her bag, and she's like, I can't find the potion that yeah, I can yeah, give yeah. you. And then Zeris is just like, you know the fuck what? And yeah. then shoves a cookie, cookie. down fucking Alara's <laughs> mouth. Wait, no, no, no. Before I take the cookie, right? Because I've just seen Anon has moved over, right? Mm -hmm. Before I even look at you, Zeris, for that cookie. Alara is going to stumble standing up, and she is going to take a swing for Anon. <laughs> oh, shit. She, is like to to, she is going to take a swing to slap Anon. To slap I'm going to dodge this. <laughs> okay, uh, Anon make a dexterity saving throw against the attack roll of Alara's slap. Alara, you'd be rolling 1d20 plus your strength modifier. Mm-hmm. So I want it to be on record right now. If Alara misses, <laughs> yep. So here's what I want to happen. Here's what oh, I want to happen. Oh, thank God, I got eight. Okay, cool. <laughs> you just can see Alara. Wait, 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 wait. I got it better. Okay, so here's how it actually goes down. So Alara stands up to go and take a swing at Anon, but Alara oversteps and completely swings out while Anon avoids it just barely, right? At that exact moment, I shove a cookie in both of their fucking mouths and just say, talk it out later. Chew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brave. That is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut your pie hole. Eat the cookie. <laughs> Oh. I'm sorry, but I don't I don't trust someone that can change who they are. More cookie! <laughs> You're talking too much. <laughs> Less talky, more chewy. <laughs> Alright, at that point, <laughs> just gonna look up floor. Dead in the eyes with fucking seriousness. Fold her fucking down. What actually comes out of Alaris' mouth is roll. I was doing it with the, my my full fuck off. Flarge <laughs> takes a step back, holds her hands up, and says, "Hey, I'm not getting in the middle of this." Good. And then he shoves a cookie in her mouth just for good measure. <laughs> You're just gonna see Elera try and stand up with her warhammer. She's see, gonna put it on the ground and try to sort of hold on to it to stand up. Cyrus, you see Flarge chew <laughs> the cookie. She swallows it and then she does that thing. Uh, if you've ever eaten like a really, really stale cookie, you sort of like stick out your tongue and you're like, ah, 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 bag of preservation. They don't get stale. Ha ha. I, said, I win. It's like more I cookie in the mouth. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Remind me how much. Remind this me is how, how our characters got diabetes. Remind me how much this cookie fucking heals for because she could do with some healing. The BBEG. <laughs> 44 plus 4, please. Okay, so that'll be 4 she ate plus <laughs> 8 plus... Oh my god, so that's 12, 13, so, 15 from the first cookie. Uh, that's 6 so far, plus another 1 is 7, plus 2 is 9, plus 3 is 12, so that's 27. Okay, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. Okay, so 
uh, as you guys are sort of taking your first sort of de-stressing breaths after, uh, after the combat, uh, somebody go ahead and make a perception check for me. It doesn't really matter who. I did it last time, so I'll, I'll hold off. Eleven's in no fit state at the moment. Uh, yeah. Is it perception check? Yeah, perception. Yeah, go ahead. Unnatural. Unnatural twenty. Okay. First thing you notice straight away is the entrance to a cave uh, over on the right hand side and the footprints of the two yeti emerging from that location um what are you doing i know we uh, I, I know i've got some explaining and i've got questions myself but there's a cave over there do you think yetis have treasure elera looks at the the cave looks at anon we will talk about this later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody will talk later. Shut up, Zarus. You shut up first. I'm tired of your shit. And then goes over to the fucking cave. <laughs> okay. As you all Zarus venture... take my rapier up Zarus's fucking arse. Uh, shoves another cookie in her mouth. <laughs> shut oh up! My God. I hope you're. I hope you're more, I'm happy for this healing. I hope you're fucking. I have fifty-two cookies left. I was shut about, up! I, was about to say, I hope you're tallying how many cookies you're using here. Yes, I have fifty-two cookies left. I will do this all day. Oh, shut that's up. fucking stupid. Twelve Zarus cookies, eleven Zarus cookies, ten Zarus cookies. <laughs> and a cookie in the letter's face. Love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as you guys make your way over to the uh, the entrance of the cave, you peer inside and it is pitch fucking black. Like, you can barely see five feet in front of you. So those of you... So I'm pretty sure all of us have dark vision. Are Z you sure it's pitch black? Cyrus, do you have dark vision? Uh, so about that <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a fucking no then <laughs> so you're going to be holding on to someone's shoulder and being guided through this part nah, or, be guard. <laughs> or 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 what i could do is do the smart thing and get a fucking uh 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 uh, uh torch and light it and be sure. like oh sure i'll sure. cast dancing lights Okay. And there's four little orbs floating okay. in the air of light. Okay. Okay, fine. So I wasn't gonna be that nice to him. You guys begin <laughs> to make your way through the entryway of this cave. It is it's not cramped, it's about it's it's roughly ten feet from wall to wall, and the ceiling is about thirty feet high. The first thing that hits you is just the the cold, damp nature and the stale smell of wet rock that surrounds you all. There's drips of water from, uh, hitting the floor from various points in the ceiling. You guys walk for a good nearly five minutes before you come to this large opening section that is littered, and I'm talking littered, with corpses and skeletons of various rate, rates of decay. There are skeletons here that are nothing more than bone with what appears to be armor still attached to them. There's a couple of bodies that look like they have been um, 
like preserved by the cold and they're if they if they had been in like normal ambient temperature they would probably be horrifically smelling and rotting uh due to how long they've been dead for uh Ilera, i've seen your message we will get to that in just a bit i had not forgotten about that so don't worry um so actually uh Ilera, you you made the killing blow for one so remind me guys who killed the other one muffin muffin, muffin didn't count ha ha muffin does fucking count uh-uh yeah ha. He go, ahead. go roll he... a d4 Zaris. ah he doesn't have the ability why are you having a... his character sheet <laughs> okay so that's a two okay Just roll a d4 god damn it roll a fucking d4 five <laughs> Okay, somebody remind me to kill him. <laughs> three. <laughs> For all the fucking three. Okay. Uh, so the one that Muffin killed turns into a dragon. The one that Alara kills turned into a duck. Great. Muffin's cursed now. Uh-huh. He's always been cursed. <laughs> so, like I said, you enter this large... What you can assume to be the... The main, quote-unquote, living space of the Yetis... There are no other living creatures in this vicinity. You don't even have to make a perception check for that because I'll say that your passives are enough, uh, especially for those that have got dark vision. What you do see, though, is that there are crates and chests scattered around the entire space, like lining different parts of the walls. Also, as you are looking into this space, about 45 degrees off to the left-hand side, there seems to be this part of the floor that goes from being rock to solid ice. It's almost like the uh, the rock has like caved in and there's just been ice that has formed over the top like surface level to prevent anything from falling down. So feel free to go ahead and explore if you so wish to. I don't actually have a map for the inside of the cave. I, you know, we're just playing all this theater of mine, so yeah. Uh, twenty-one. On. Oh. Uh, investigation. Investigation. Okay. As you walk over to the first chest, Zaris, uh, it's not locked, and inside it, if I can pull up the the list. Okay, so you open the chest and you notice that it is filled to the brim with coins. Uh, do you take a little bit of time to count how much is in it? Sure. Okay, I'll say that it's going to take you about five minutes to count it. But by the time that that's done, you have counted a total. And this is already divided into three. Uh, one for each, like. This is divided into what each of you would get. <laughs> and the, remember, Elara, what I said I was rolling it before the session? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Here it fucking comes. So, uh, if Zaris should be so gracious to decide whether or not he is sharing this haul with his party members, then each of you is getting 91 platinum. Shit. Yeah, Fif <laughs> 57 gold. Oh, hold, hold the fuck up. 
97 plat. <laughs> I'm still getting over the fact there's 91 plat. <laughs> that's, that's each, by the way. This so... is this is for each of you. This is your. This is How your... much gold? 57. This is the first of your Christmas presents from me in session. Okay. So I got my portion. So you got 91 platinum, 57 gold. Like, Zarus, that's what you're getting. So each of you is getting that. Okay. So there is also 71 silver. So. And 63 copper. I will be posting this in the Discord. Uh, after at the end of the session, so if you did not get all the numbers, do not worry about it. What? I just need the copper. Uh, sixty-three. So, during the five minutes that Zarus is taking in order to count all of those coins, Anon and Alera, what are you two doing? I rolled an eighteen on investigation. Okay, and are you wanting to inspect the bodies, or are you wanting to open up another one of the chests? I'm opening up another chest. Okay. Uh, you open up the chest. It's slightly smaller than the one that Zarus is currently investigating, and you notice that it's filled with gems. Ooh. So, before I tell you what is in it, I'm assuming that this hall is going to be shared amongst the three of you? Yep. Okay. Each of you is getting the following. Five diamonds that are worth a hundred gold each. Oh, shit. I gotta type shit now. God damn it. Zarus, like Five I said... Five diamonds for a hundred gold each. Zarus, like I said, don't worry. The, the full list is going to be going into the Discord. So if you don't get the full thing, don't worry about it because you can just come back to it after the session. So how many gems? So there's five, five, diamonds. There's five diamonds that are valued at a hundred gold each. There are 15 rubies that are valued at 50 gold each. Eight sapphires, which are valued at 50 gold each. And two emeralds, which are valued at 100 gold each. So that list is going into the Discord What's now. What's the last one? Uh, two emeralds that are worth 100 gold each. You guys... Between you, Zarus and Alara, uh, Zarus and Anon, sorry, you open up these chests and you distribute the, the loot. Um, Vlar is sort of taking a step back at this point. She's sort of keeping an eye on the the pathway that led to this room, and she's she's showing no signs of interest in uh, the loot that you guys are distributing amongst yourself. It's almost like she genuinely doesn't want any of it. Uh, Lara, what are you doing at this point? Because, like I said, this whole bit with Anon and Zarus has taken about, roughly about five minutes to count all this and like inspect it and in investigate it and stuff like that. No, well, I'm gonna roll investigation and see if there's any more. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Because I'm a greedy bitch. Did I greedy bastard? That's an eleven, so I fucking doubt it. <laughs> uh you. Okay, so the remaining of the chests that you open are frozen halls of what looks to be very 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 much out of date food it looks Not as like. though it, it, it looks <laughs> it looks as though when you take a step back and you examine it from the like a wider perspective that this was once a bandit hideout that was attacked by yetis and overrun 
and basically turned into a yeti den and yetis not being intelligent creatures they didn't know what to do with the gold the platinum the gems so they just protected their new home they never made any use of it and what with the size and the formidability of these yetis no one was really enough of a challenge in order to take it uh, to to take their home until you guys stepped in Elera, what i'll say with your 11 is that although you've found a chest full of stuff that doesn't warrant a lot of use the the patch of ground over on the left hand side of the the floor space the, the patch that i said was covered in ice does sort of pique your interest ever so slightly okay do you move over uh, i will yeah you, you make your way over it you cover the roughly 60 feet of distance before you get to it and you look down and the ice is pristine clear you can see straight through it and it is with your dark vision you're able to tell that it is a diagonal slope that seems to extend downward by a good by a good 150 to maybe even 200 feet it's almost like it leads somewhere without saying anything the layer's going to push forward well push down you're gonna have to break the ice in order to do that oh i'll take the uh i'll take the rapier and ignite it okay go ahead roll an attack roll and i'll say 21 yep i'll yeah you're hitting solid ground so it wasn't a really hard dc go ahead and roll the damage for me 19 wait you're rolling a d20 for damage Oh, fuck, wrong one. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was like, holy God. shit, when did I give her that? <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate weapon. <laughs> uh, well, uh... <clears throat> right, okay. My bad, it should be a one I don't think there's. I don't think there's anything... I don't think there's anything in D&D &D that uses a D20 for damage. Right, I, that's an 11, then. 11? You managed to... You managed to break a sizable uh, chunk out of the ice. There's about... I'd say about a three foot hole in it now maybe maybe just enough for you to squeeze through it'll be difficult but you could probably do it how are you going to do this though because it's a sheer drop hmm. are you just gonna let are you just gonna let yourself slide all the way down are you gonna not say anything to your party and just make your way down there well wow uh I did say when I before made the attack that my rapier was lit, meaning that Onri would arrive. Okay, so Zaris, Anon, and Vlar would definitely have noticed that. Mm-hmm. Which I don't need to tell them, but they would see where I'm going. And she's just basically kind of getting top of the bull and go right. We're going down. Okay. Uh, make a dexterity saving throw using your dexterity modifier uh, wait just a, a general dexterity saving throw for Alara. i'll say that you can control Henri using that 22 damn that's 20 uh you're mm -hmm. able to <coughs> you're able to guide Henri down and command him to such a high skilled degree that he is it's literally like he's just walking on flat surface 
despite the fact that it's like a 30 degree angle going downwards um how far are you going are you going to full are you going until it bottoms out and hits a, a plateau or are you going to stop at some point all right down to the bottom okay uh zaris anon, anon are you following at this point i would imagine so okay um how are you planning on getting down because that will determine what i make you roll okay so if I, my understanding is correct the way down is just all iced there was a layer of ice covering the hole that leads down the ground seems to be rock and dirt i mean i can just create a path down because i can okay. use the cantrip sculpt ice and just create a path okay I'll say that you create a path for the three of you to to follow Alara down. I'll say that she's emitting uh, enough light with the use of Henri and her ignited rapier that you're able to clearly see uh, where the path is and see how far ahead she is. I'll say that Alara, you reach the bottom before they do, uh, and when you eventually feel the path begin to bottom out and begin to reach a, a level um, a level plateau, you are greeted with this immensely wide and open cavern and you realize that you're standing on a cliff face looking out six seven eight hundred feet across and about 150 feet down appears to be a city or at least an extremely large town this is an area that you've never known before it didn't know existed subterranean civilization Zaris, go ahead and roll a history check for me which you can do with advantage because you're sage background right? 20 dirty 20 okay uh you've heard stories of a civilization that existed in this area Though you've never seen it yourself, and you've never known it to be anything more than a story. <clears throat> Sorry. This is this. You've heard the stories of a civilization that existed here hundreds of years ago, before the war, and it existed for a brief period of time after the Blood War as well, which ended a little over a century ago. It stopped being written about approximately sixty years ago and then faded from existence, at least in the stories. And it was home to a tribe, one of the pre-war pre Vardorian tribes known as the Frostglades. The Frostglades were notorious for being isolationists. They would use the natural elements in order to create homes for themselves as far away from humanity and at the uh, above ground civilizations as they could. The Frostglade's involvement in the Blood War was not by choice, it's by necessity. They did not want to be involved in the war because they did not feel that it was it was their fight to be involved in. But when they saw the scope of the war and how many of the different Vardorian tribes were being encapsulated in it, they briefly put aside their neutrality and their isolationist living style and decided that if the war were to spread to Arcada, then they would have to fight. 
So they took a preemptive strategy and journeyed to Zyuri, to the, 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 to the decaying coast, as it is known today, and got involved in cutting off the Venoran offensive. You guys look out, I'll say that by this point, Zyrus and Anon and Vlar have uh, regrouped with Ilera. You guys look out and you can see it's it's got that very familiar city layout structure you can see different districts you can see um housing districts you can see economic like what appears to be a market district and then all the way directly across at the back of the cavern you see what appears to be either this large large mansion or at least a very very small castle so with a 150 foot drop before you hit what is actual ground level what are you guys doing is there like lights is there any like indication that that it's still alive no nothing I think with the mindset that Alara is just going to go straight there. Straight down. Okay. You begin to make your way down. As you reach what is, in actuality, ground level. It's cobblestone. Cobblestone that is extremely similar to the streets of Amdale. Very well laid out. Very well constructed. And it looks as though this is... If it was on if it was on above ground terrain levels it looks as though this could have been a road but you take a look around with your back to the cliff face and you think it doesn't make sense for this to be a road and it doesn't lead anywhere so was it just for aesthetic purposes that it was laid out like this or did it actually once serve a purpose so zaris anon uh, Zaris, I'm going to assume that you make a pathway to go down and join a ladder. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as you guys get down to the Ilera's level, it's eerily silent. There's no lights, despite the fact that there are what appear to be street lamps. But they're not street lamps that you guys recognize, like the ones that you've seen in the Vardorian capital, which are, for all intents and purposes, oil lamps. These ones are... Glass and metal casings that house crystals. Crystals that, Zaris, you can make the probably accurate assumption are used as some sort of arcane lighting. You guys begin to traverse the street that you guys have landed on, heading in what you guys would assume to be like a northerly direction. You guys come across buildings that are perfectly intact. There's marketplaces, there's houses, there's regular storefronts, there's stables, there's what appears to be a garrison, attics, living quarters. You cross several different courtyards. Uh, if any, if there's anything that you guys want to do during this whole description point, just jump in and let me know. Um, because this is this is a large area that you can. You can explore if you so choose to. 
So as you guys are, you guys are walking, Vlar's looking around, scanning the entire vicinity, making sure that there's nothing in the vicinity that's, you know, going to ambush you or jump out at you. About five minutes into walking, she turns to you, Zaris, and says, We've lived here our entire lives. How the hell did we not know that this place existed? I think it's more the lines of that we just didn't know the exact location, because I have heard of this place before. We just never were able to find it, to be exact. You see, she's she's thinking to herself. She's casting back into memories, and after about 10 to 15 seconds, she looks at you and says, We've been in this region before. It, it, years ago. But this place... From what we've seen so far, this looks as though it's been deserted for decades. We could have been standing on top of this place and never known about it. I wonder what happened to the people here. And as you guys are walking, you come to you come to a crossroads and you see Vlar is just she is snaking along the street, going from curb to curb from sidewalk to sidewalk taking a look at the buildings as she passes them she is peering through windows every now and again she's not trying any doors up until this point but you see her she walks up to the exterior of one one building it just looks to be like a bog standard uh two-story house and you see her she walks up to the the downstairs window she peers in you see her wiping the exterior of the window to see if she can get a better view you see her peering in and she she sticks a hand up and gestures for you to come th- for all of you to come over uh who would be the first to to go to her side well there's a head so i would say it'd be Zars would be sort of and would be sort of closer yeah i'll go over because okay. i assume Anon's doing something pretty similar to her it's just constantly looking round. Okay. Anon, go ahead and make a perception check as you join Vlar at this window. I just rolled a crit. So, you, as you make your way to the window, Vlar's in the, uh, in the uh, process of cleaning it to get a better view. Despite the fact that she's cleaning it, you're able to see directly clear as day into the interior. This is, a, this is indeed someone's home. You're looking into a uh combined lounge and kitchen space slightly similar to what nane's home was like back in Brackford, but this one looks a little bit more technologically advanced there's no makeshift fire pit that has like a a cauldron pot or a kettle made of cast iron suspended above it there's no um there's no bog standard wooden shelving there's just chests made out of metal like embedded into various heights in the walls and there is a large i'm talking two foot from point to point crystal that is suspended about three feet in the air just slowly and i'm talking very very slowly 
oscillating round and round anti-clockwise. It's not a crystal that catches your eye. It's not, like, you know, for whatever reason it is, you couldn't give two shits about the crystal. What you care about is the people inside. You see a family of five, a mother, father, and three children. Children appear to be in the ages of anywhere between eight and 16. All of them human. The mother and father, they're busy huddled over their children, embracing them. Not through fear, just a loving embrace, like a family hug. They're all frozen. Perfectly intact. Frozen in time. You look at them and you take a second to look at the the crystalline layer that ends encompassing all five of them. And it's not frost. It's not... It's... They haven't frozen to death. They're... They very well could be alive, but they are, in, for all intents and purposes, they are covered in a crystalline layer, preserving them. Vlar turns and dashes across the the, uh, the roadway, over to the other sidewalk, goes up to the window of another building, peers through it, turns her head back towards you, Anna, and calls you over. You go over to the, the window she's standing at, you peer in, there's a family of three. All adults situated around one of these same crystals, perfectly preserved. Just sat cross-legged on the floor. Guys, there's people here. But it's like they're frozen but they're not frozen. Can I go over and inspect it? Yeah, and I'll, I'll point out to, to Zaris, like, yeah. look, look at all, all this shit. Yeah. Lara's gonna turn back and she's like, wait, the fuck, what? Alara, Th there's you, people. Lara, you, you come back the approximately 30 feet that you were in front of the remainder of your party. Zaris, go ahead and roll an investigation for me. And actually, uh, whilst you're at it, add your Arcana, add your, yeah, add your Arcana modifier to it as well. Alright, so plus six. Uh, 26. Oh, we just beat it. Okay. As you join Vlar and Anon at the window, peering in, it takes you a minute to come to terms with what you're seeing. But you're staring at a family that is preserved by an abjuration spell that you have no idea where it originated or how it came to be. This is old magic, and it seems to be that the origin point is situated within the crystal that they are all sit, like sat around you look at this crystal and it like i said it's about two and a half feet from point to point it's like um it's like the shape of a d10 for uh those that are li uh, listening at home so it's like two feet from vertical point to vertical point 
you take a second to look at it and you discern it's abjuration. It's a spell that you're on, on you're unfamiliar with. You've never heard of. You've never learned about. And it's because of how old the spell is. And it's tied to this crystal. Elera, as you're walking back, riding on Henri, you notice that despite the fact that you're about 400 feet below ground level in a, in a, in a terrain that should be sub-zero temperatures it's mild it's tepid it's chilly but it's not sub-zero hmm Elera's just gonna just sort of say it, say it, like, just gonna go, hmm. Vlar turns to use Iris and says, I don't know if I like this. I, I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this place, Sar. Um. I kind of want to learn the spell. What would I have to give up in order to learn the spell? Mm. Okay, when you say give up, what are you meaning? Like, are you really, are you expecting to pay a price? Or... What price would I have to pay in order to learn the spell? I tell you what, go ahead and roll a D100 for me. In roll 20. And I'll post the I'll post the DC in the roll 20 as well. Just a D100? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn. You came fucking close. You came fucking close. Okay. Damn. So for those listening at home, I set the DC as a 65. Zarus has rolled a 52. Um, so Zarus, you... Vlar's words are hitting your ears, but they're not sinking in. Like, you're aware of everyone that's around you, but your entire cognitive focus is on getting into this house and finding some sort of way to identify and learn whatever magic it is that is preserving these people but you stare and you stare and you stare at the crystal and nothing is coming to your mind nothing is hitting your brain you're in all the years that you've been studying the arcane you cannot think of a way to harness the magic that's coming out of these crystals without a destroying the crystal entirely or b putting the potential because you don't know for sure whether or not they are actually alive potentially putting the lives of these people in danger in the process 
sensing that she's not getting a response from Zaris, Vlar looks to you, Anon, and says, Like, I don't... I don't know whether we need to be lingering here or not. But... We need to find a way back to top... Back to the... Back to top side, back to ground level, because... I don't... I don't feel comfortable here. I think... I think we need to go into the big house. I think that will hopefully give us the answers of A, what the fuck happened, and possibly B, how to get out of here. She looks to Zyrus, and Zyrus, you feel a hand gently resting on your left hand shoulder. You see Vlar step in front of you between you and the window and says, Hey, come on, snap out of it. Like, we need to get out of here. We don't know what's lurking in here. We don't know whether these people are... We don't We don't know whether they're alive or whether they can... snap out of this at a moment's notice. And if they do, who's to say that they're going to like the fact that we're here? Zaris? Zaris? I want that fucking crystal. Zaris! Oh, Zaris, focus on me. Zaris, looking at the crystal. Magic always comes at a price. Zaris, look at me. Zaris, looking at the crystal. You can tell. I, I, move, I move his, I move his head to look at me. Zaris, focus. Zaris, looking at the crystal. You can tell that it is far too heavy in order for you to, to carry, and you do not have a bag big enough in order to put it in. Fucking waste. I'll, I'll give you okay. I'll give you a freebie. Roll a luck check for me to see whether or not you can identify what level the spell is. Sixteen. Okay, you do get it. As your attention snaps back to your party members, the final detail that hits you is that this is an eighth level spell. But like I said, this is old magic. Magic you've never heard of nor encountered before. All you know is that this is some of the most powerful magic you have ever seen. And it looks as though it's been used for good. So, as a party, I need a consensus. What are you guys doing? My vote is to go to the big house. Okay. I second that notion. I will say Vlar will also vote in favor of that. So that's three out of four. So, Zyrus, are you willingly following or are they having to tear you away? They're not going to have to tear me away. Um, so I'm going to, I'm reluctantly going to go to the big house with them, but I've, and this is just due to the fact of Zaris's character and his nature. But when something like this comes across his path that and he can't figure it out, it's more of like a like a waste of effort. So he doesn't want to be here now. He's he's 
he's done with this place so he'll go to the big house but he doesn't want to be here now he's pissed off before Zaris walks into the house Alaris is going to stand right in front of Zaris look him dead in the eyes last time I wanted something a fellow warlock told me that magic always comes at a price wise words for a warlock wouldn't you say not expecting a response and she's just gonna walk into the house okay just to clarify it's gonna take you about an hour to get to the massive house that you guys saw when you were standing on the cliff face that's yeah, fine that's fine <laughs> so, so. Oh, on on the way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i got saris and go could you are you able to pass a message on to fury at the moment Sure. Tell him if he needs blood, no matter how hungry he is, he takes it from me while we're in here. And he can take as much as he likes. Sure. Okay. Okay. Somebody roll a d6 for me. Yeah, I'll roll. One. <laughs> okay. So, as you guys step back onto the main road, you guys walk, you take various turnoffs. Street seems to be going predominantly in one way for the better part of about five to ten minutes. As you get towards that, the end of that five minute walking time, you begin to notice that there is a faint glowing light coming from roughly a 45 degree direction to your left in the direction that the, 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 the mansion was situated in. Uh, if any of the spellcasters, which is all three of you, so I don't know why I'm specifying spellcasters if any of the three of you want to roll an arcana check then you are more than welcome to do so 21 can vlar beat that no she can't okay uh 21 in the headspace you're in at the moment zaris you're frustrated pissed off you are struggling to come to terms with the fact that You've had to walk away from a piece of arcane knowledge that could very well have turned you into a far more formidable spellcaster than you've been for the last numerous decades. You feel the faint emergence of an arcane energy. You get a sense of a direction. You turn your head to the left and you notice that you can just see the top of the the mansion cresting above the the rest of the the building scape as you guys continue to walk and walk and walk Zyrus, you feel that this arcane energy is slowly and i'm talking very very slowly on a minute level beginning to increase the closer you get to it after about another 40 minutes of walking you guys come to a large square courtyard several statues 
all depicting the four Vardorian gods. You've got the de Deliverer, you've got the Mother, you've got the Conqueror, and you've got the Deceiver. All of them are intact except from the one that depicts the Deceiver. The Deceiver's one is broken at the waistline. The top half crumbled into just an irreparable number of pieces. Whereas the remaining three are perfectly intact. As you guys walk along this courtyard, Zaris, the first thing that you feel is something creeping into the back of your head. A voice. It's your mother. It sounds as though she's hidden underneath a layer of static. Like this interference of a very loose connection. Like somebody's got really shitty Wi-Fi and they're only barely being able to connect to a voice call. You're... She ends up having to repeat herself a couple of times, but you get the gist of the, the message. It's... Where are you? Do I know the name of the city? With the it, history check that I rolled earlier? Didn't have a name. It's one of the main reasons why nobody really knew that it existed, was it was never given a formal name. I reply back, we are in an unknown city, covered in strange ice. You hear the same static coming back, but the most that you manage to discern from your mother's reply is, are you safe? If not, run. I'll reply back immense magical presence unknown of safety anything else currently currently fine but ever cautious Ilara as you're walking you are. <laughs> as you are joining your your party through this courtyard the raven queen calls out to you thick layer of stack interference it's roughly the same sort of difficulty that Zyrus is having contacting his mother your message is ever so slightly different though the raven queen calls out to you you're close uh -huh. To, and she's going to keep repeating too too close to a couple seconds go by before you get a response of a way home oh home as in current home or some other home you don't get a reply. Shit. 
Guys? Guys? Yeah? My deity um, just contacted me. Loosely, some, I think, struggling to get communication. Mentioned something about we're close and away home. Don't know what to if it's our current home or some other home, so, um, I don't know, did your girls try and contact you or just me? Yes. So, uh, uh, let me guess, along, along the same lines or? No. She Whoa. asked me where I was at, and I told her a city of ice. She said that if safe, fine, if danger, run. Laura looks to the both of you and says, I haven't heard anything. But, I mean, if we're apparently close to our way home, then we should push forward, right? I, I... Part of me doesn't trust it, but the other part of me does because of my deity, so... I mean, has she ever given you a reason to lie to you? It's, it's not the deities that I'm worried about, it's the magic here. Something about this... So, the spell that was cast on those people was not meant to harm the people, it was meant to save them. I could feel the, the arcane magic for that it was meant as a means of good versus evil. But why freeze an entire city to save them when that level of magic could have done so much more? That's an answer to a question we might not ever, we might never find out. Well, that's why it. I'm curious of that spell, because that spell, while I don't know what that spell is, and I know how powerful it is because I felt it, a question uh, like that is not just something that you just pass off and just forget about. It's a question that needs needs an answer. Elera's going to go closer to Zyrus. And she's gonna go, remember, magic comes at a price. That's what I'm getting at. Alara. You interfere with that, and if things go tits up, then what? Interfering is not what I'm wanting to do. It is the question of my me being wanting to gain more knowledge of something. I well, I, I know I am incapable of casting the spell because I felt it. If I if that level of spell is too advanced for me currently at my stage, then I know bygones will be bygones. But and what we do is we'll, we're we're in an empty we're in a static city. We can investigate on the way, but nothing's gonna happen if we just fucking stand here. So I'm going towards that house. You guys want to follow? You can. But I'm going. We can investigate on the way, but... Unless anything stops us, I'm not stopping. We're going. No point pondering over what could or couldn't be. And quite frankly, I want to fucking go home. So, 
Your call, but I'm going. Add on. Anything that you would like to do at this point before you push forward? It's tiring. My question is what home is your god referring to? Don't know, but Beat's been down here. <laughs> I I asked her what, what so home was it? Home, Alara. She said but I'm we'll close. Go forward. Home or if you want, you let if there's some sort of teleport or thingy thingy magical guru shit, then I'll go first. I don't mind. But she mentioned home, I asked. Alternate home, my home, a future home, past home. There was no response, so I'm guessing connection was lost, but it beats standing around here. And quite well, frankly, no, Flora like... looks like she's panicking, so let's... Let's just continue towards the house, shall we? Okay? You guys push forward? I am agreeing with you. Okay. As you guys push forward towards the far side of the courtyard, Zaris, roll a perception check. Because I'm imagining the closer and closer you get to this house, the more alert you're going to be. 18. The staircase that leads up to the, the massive double doors at the front face of this mansion is lined with these crystal powered lamps or sources of arcane light second your foot touches the bottom step the first ones on either side light up and as you push forward as you get within about a foot of each pillar that has a crystal embedded in it they light up and eventually when you get to the the top of the staircase just a couple of feet away from the the double doors you turn back and there is a line descending of about 10 of these pillars all of which the crystals on either side so there's about 20 in total casting a dim light this faint white slowly pulsing arcane light do either of you try the door Yes. Roll strength check for me. Uh, 18 on the dot. Okay. You take a look at the doors and they are extremely thick wooden doors reinforced with steel plates in various points. But despite their heavy design, you're able to push through them and open them up. They weren't locked in any way, shape or form. You push through them, you open them up in order to get them wide enough for the four of you to walk in. And you're greeted with a large, very ornate, very lavish entryway of a house. Large ascending double staircase that splits off to the left and the right. Rooms off to the left and right of the ground floor. Statues, suits of armor, beautiful marble floor, but no light. And that arcane presence that you've been feeling, Zaris, is stronger. It's potent. 
you can cut the arcane energy with a knife. So, where would you like to explore first? I'm going wherever the arcane is strongest. Okay. Go ahead and roll another arcana check for me then. Nineteen. You can tell that the the source of the arcana, or the source of the the energy that you're feeling is on the the on the the first floor. So it's upstairs and it's at the back of the house. So as you make your way up the stairs, there are smaller versions of these crystalline lights embedded in the actual banister of the stairway. That as you walk up, they begin to light up. They're nowhere near as you know powerful as the the lights outside, but they do. They're like lumen lay dots, like glow in the dark little dots that seem to light up whenever you get in proximity of them. You get to the top of the staircase, and there is a single door straight ahead of you. You open it; it wasn't locked, and you step into this large, vast office space. Rows upon rows upon rows of books on shelves you know chests of drawers that are stacked high with books you have got a large 10 foot wide solid oak desk that looks very well made and a beautiful high backed armchair behind it there is a door about 10 feet behind the chair that you can sense the arcane presence behind that door Anon, Elera, are you guys following Zaris or are you going somewhere yep. else? Okay. Yep. And are you guys wanting right now, to... I don't trust him not to run away. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys investigating anything as you walk in or are you just purely following Zaris? Following. Yeah, no, I'd like to investigate on what's on the desk. Okay, go ahead and roll investigation. Evan, so I don't think so. You are too busy focused on Zaris at this point in order to even remotely care. And uh, Alara's just going to roll her uh, perception and see if there's anything that sort of sticks out to her that she's intrigued by. But she's mainly just focusing on Zaris at the moment. Okay. Okay. Uh, give me one man. second. I accidentally closed yeah, out. Yeah. I, I, I fucking accidentally closed out roll 20 like a dumbass. You hear that, listeners? He's fed up with us already. No, I'm not. I, I Okay, so I had uh, a Microsoft Edge tab over the Google Chrome tab. Clicked out of the Microsoft Edge tab, and it clicked me out of the Google Chrome one as well. So. Uh -huh, excuses. Shut up. Did you? You didn't just. Anyway, yeah. hey, that's a ten, so probably fuck all. And what was that? Perception or investigation? Perception. Just see if there's anything that's sticking out that's sort of picking my interest. 
but I'm mainly just focusing on Darius. Nothing comes to your attention. Nothing jumps out at you. It's just a fairly bog standard, albeit very well decorated office. Zaris, is <laughs> just under her breath is going to a fancy cunt. Zaris, as soon as you touch the handle of the door that leads, like that is behind, uh, behind this large desk space, the energy that courses through your veins is palpable. It is stronger than you've ever felt. You can tell that whatever you're looking for is definitely on the other side of this door. As you open it, it is a large oval shaped room with a crystal hovering in midair massive about eight feet point to point and hovering enshrined in the same crystalline form that you saw from the people in those houses is this very 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 well dressed perfectly pre preserved asmr Arm, oh, fuck. Arms outstretched towards the crystal. Hovering, like I said, a couple of feet off the ground, just facing the crystal, arms outstretched. There are plaques along the walls, and there's one plaque directly underneath. Uh, it's, 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 it's between the space of the ASMR and the crystal. It's on the floor. It's about three feet wide by about a foot tall. Do you go over and inspect it? Before I do, in Celestial, I speak the words Awaken. Nothing happens. I walk over and I'll touch it. The plaque. The how close, before he even goes near to touching it, how close is the Lara and add on to him? That's entirely up to you guys. Because we've uh, been mainly just as following him. As soon as Anon, Anon realized it was an ASMR, she started backing away. That okay. guy's Lara's going to go forward like, Zaris! Zaris, clarify it. What are you touching? Are you touching, so the, are you touching the are you touching the crystal, the ASMR, or the plaque? I'm assuming I can't reach the crystal. I mean, it's eight so, feet point to point vertical, and it's hovering a couple of feet off the ground. I'm pretty sure you can reach it. Okay, I want to touch the plaque. Zaris. Okay. Nothing happens when you touch the plaque. It's written in celestial. I can and it, read it. And it reads, When the time comes for history to repeat itself, I shall emerge and bring forth my best efforts to put at ease the discourse in the world. For I have experienced it already and wish for it to never happen again. Is that all it says? Yes. Zaris, what the hell are you playing at? Zaris? Vlar makes her way directly behind you, kneels down with you and looks at it. Looks at the plaque. 
looks at the ASMR hovering just to what is essentially the left-hand side of the two of you. She looks up at the ASMR and at the crystal. And I'm going to roll this and I'd be fucking surprised if she can make it. Fuck me. Okay, right on the money. You see Vlar put... You feel her put her hand under your chin and guide your head up so that you are looking up at the, the ASMR with her. And she says, I have a strong feeling that this being cast that spell and if I'm right it's possible that they cast it on everyone And on make a wisdom saving throw. I'll wait till she finishes that, and then I will, I'll do what I was about to do. Eight. You feel this unsettling presence creep into the back of your mind. And it's not been long since you felt it. It's your queen. What troubles you, child? You ain't gonna help. Just back away. Come now, don't dismiss me so easily. Tell me. Why do you scurry away now? Let's just say you've brought back a lot of old and repressed feelings. That's not my intention. It's never your intention. That is true. What do you make of this? I see... Somebody who's trying to do the best for their people. However, I am very concerned at why they felt the need to freeze an entire civilization in the first place. Take a look around and you might find the answers. And you feel the connection snap. Zaros, you said you were going to do something. I touched the ASMR. Beautiful. Make me a wisdom saving throw. Cool. DC 17. Cool. Uh, 17. I will send you a picture of it if I have to. Not 20? Yes, sir. Perfect. I believe you. As soon... Actually, <laughs> not that it really matters, but where do you touch? <laughs> So just for shits and giggles. So okay, so uh, so okay, so I'm going to lay this out in a role-playing manner to just kind of give a depiction as to how Zaris is thinking at the moment, right? 
so I'm assuming Vlar still has her hand underneath his chin, right? And just ho just holding it there or whatnot. So he grabs her hand and says to her, just to her, if something happens, be with them. And then he kisses the top of her hand. He walks over to the ASMR and touches the robe of which an ASMR would wear for being part celestial. Beautiful, beautiful. You place your hand on the robe. It's not cold. In fact, it doesn't bear any temperate feeling to it whatsoever. But the second you touch it, your hand locks onto it. And you immediately feel your your soul, your your inner self disassociating from your body. You immediately see from a top-down angle the entire room as though you're floating about five feet above your own body looking down you can see yourself touching the robe vlar immediately behind you alara not too far off in the distance and anon still at the door you look at this all happening and then it's almost as though the room begins to start spinning it spins faster and faster and faster until it is nothing but a whirlwind and in a single flash, you're cast aside into a different room, the interior of a tent. Several people sat around a table. You can hear everything that's going on. Arguments, frustration, anger, loathing, venom in the words of everyone that is speaking you see the asmr sat on one side of the table you see several other men and women different races and at the head of the table you see a man mid 40s probably late 40s long braided black hair and a long braided black beard dressed in an extremely ornate black suit of armor the man is sat slightly reclined, almost as though he's on the verge of exasperation. You take a second to listen to the, the conversation going on. And it's negotiations. There is a woman dressed in beautiful tribal aesthetic armor. Telling the man that she doesn't trust him. She never will saying that the man is power hungry he only cares about himself he doesn't have the interests of the people at large in mind you turn slightly and you see a gaunt slender pale man dressed in half plate armor that at first glance you can tell is immediately is venoran you see a coy smile spread across their face and the next thing you hear is the man being dismissed. The Venoran steps up, gives a brief nod, and exits the tent. 
the ASMR in question is sitting there examining the situation. Almost like a, a, a neutral party compared to the man and woman that are arguing. So he seems to at times lean towards the man's point of view. Make a history check. Which, with your sage background again, would be with advantage. Uh, be 17. This is the first Vardorian summit. This is where the Venoran exile agreement was put into place and signed. And what you're looking at is the leaders of all of the tribal factions, which predate Vardorian civilization as you know it. You know that the, you know that Vardor originated in tribal society before unionizing into a kingdom. And the man sat at the head of the table is Yorick the Black, the first king of Vardor. He's being debated as to whether he is fit to rule and why the woman and her people cannot simply just continue living the way that they have for centuries. It doesn't take long for you to realize that she represents what in today's society would be the tribal plains, where Kala comes from. But your attention is fixated on the ASMR. You hear him talking about the frozen landscapes of home. The harsh terrain. His people didn't want to be involved in this conflict whatsoever. It wasn't their fight. But they got involved in order to spearhead the operation to prevent it from encapsulating the entire known world. You hear him being called Meldir. Name does not ring any bells. You cast your mind back and you think to yourself, you could have been alive during the war if your memory serves. You've never heard of this man. Despite the fact that you come from his home continent. But miles upon miles upon miles of distance separate you. You listen in for longer and longer and it seems as though a vote is coming. The vote goes in Yorick's favor, and begrudgingly, the female accepts the verdict. You watch as one by one the representatives of the tribal the tribal factions begin to stand up, pay homage to King Yorick the Black, the newly crowned Vardorian leader, and then they begin to leave. The last thing you see before you rejoin, before you re-enter your body is Meldir and Yorick the Black shaking hands with Meldir saying the final words of we will hold you accountable your majesty and it's with that you snap back into your body your hand releases from the from the cloak what do you do?
Ladies and gentlemen, I think I've just made Zyrus speechless. I'm trying to process <laughs> this information because I don't I don't rightly know what to do with it. Okay. Means I did my job perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very confused. Essentially, what you're looking at is a flashback into this ASMR's memory. So that that part I get, but it doesn't explain what happened here, why he did it to himself, and what he did in order to do it. Okay. Well. So there's, so there's still more. There's still more things in this room that you can interact with. Um. I will say that Vlar notices you sort of snap out of this momentary. This all happens in like the split of a second, by the way. Like from the second you stopped talking and touched it, it's been like three seconds. So Vlar looks at you and says, I don't know whether I should be concerned or relieved that that didn't take very long. I need more information. It's, it's... Something in about this is kind of like a puzzle. A puzzle that this ASMR is wanting us to figure out. In a good way. It, it seems that this ASMR is trying to help us. Alara, Anon, what are you guys doing while Cyrus is taking care of this? Uh, would Alara have seen, like, Zara's shape before he astro-projected, or...? I wouldn't have... Okay, so... The, the way that just I'm imagining... Blink and... It would be more like a blink, but it would be a blink to where that one second I'm curious to the next second I'm questioning stuff. So I'm doing that thing where I've got like my arms crossed, but I've got my I've got one hand like on my chin and I'm I'm thinking like I'm contemplating what I just witnessed and thinking that there's more to what's going on than what I'm seeing. So I'm trying to put the pieces together and figure out what else is here that will help me put this puzzle together and see the whole picture. Gotcha. So, Alara sort of looking at Zaris walk towards him and was like, Zaris, what the hell? I, I saw Yorick the Black, the the first king. What? Uh, in, a, in a split second? You fancy explaining a bit more, bud? So I, I don't know what it doesn't explain what happened here. It doesn't explain why this ASMR is here. I, I'm it, it's like a puzzle right now, but he the ASMR showed me a a memory where they were there was a group of very highly important people voting to see whether or not, not Yorick was worthy of being the king in the first place. The majority voted yay, and a few voted nay, but 
he ended up becoming king because of the vast majority of those votes in that room. And then someone in particular stated that they would be watching him very carefully to see if he was worthy of that title. And that's where the vision ends. But I Curious feel like thing. there's there's more. There's something else here that is it, it's like a again, like a puzzle, right? So this ASMR is trying to help us, but it can only he can only do so much right now in his current state. So here's he's a thought, then. Here here here's a thought. Two of them, right? You got that flashback just by touching this, pointing to the bottom of the rope. Just by touching that. Yeah. Right. Two things are going through my head right now. Two. One, what if I was to touch the rope and potentially get a different sort of flashback that could relate to you? Maybe there's only certain things that he wants us to see, and then we piece them together. Because, you know, these fucking higher-ups don't fucking explain things in fucking simple. Or... Now, I was against this before, and I'm still fucking against it, and she's going to point up to the crystal. Okay, so I'm going to go with plan B on that, however. How the fuck I are you want, getting up? <laughs> Am I, I going to hold want, you up or something? It's, no, only, it's, can, only a couple, I, it's only a couple feet off the ground. He can, I can, he can reach, reach it. it. So, so I, we're going to go with plan, kind of plan B.2, essentially. I want you to touch the robe, and I'm going to touch the crystal, and see what happens. Like at if, the same time, or yes, we're going to touch oh, it at the exact geez, same time, it's... and we're going to see what happens. Because if it's the case that you get a different vision and something happens to me, then we can figure out what's going on. Okay. And uh, I was going to so... turn around to Vlar and Anna at this point. You get that? Yep. Right. Vlar is okay. just very. In case I. Vlar is just very tentatively nodding her head, just like I don't. Right. I don't like it, but. In case I get fucking violent or something happens, she's gonna take her rapier, drop it on the ground. She's gonna take the cleaver, drop it on the ground. Take the short sword, drop it off the ground. Great. So and she's gonna, gonna take great. her individual. So, so in the in the event that you fuck up. And you enter initiative with your party members. You have to expend your first action picking up a weapon. Brilliant. No, I more mean the fact of like Vlar or Anon keep an eye on it because if I come back and say the weird fucking thing, if I get possessed or something, yeah, I'm only gonna be fisticuffs. Uh huh. I won't be able to cast you... any harmful, any harmful attack apart from my spells on them. Uh-huh. Okay, fine. I'll just make it simple. Here, here's. Here, I'll just. I'll All right, just touch the fucking thing. <laughs> I, I, I right, touched wait, wait, the wait, fucking wait. thing. Right, Zaris, Zaris, right. Three, two, Three. one, go. Right. Both of you make wisdom saving throws. Fuck me, Adam. Who do you want? To, uh, who do you want to go first? Thirteen DM. Alara. Alara. Okay, we'll go with Alara first. Oh, <laughs> uh, you said wisdom saving throw again? Yes, sir. Alright, so 17 plus 6. 23, nice. Ilara, you're touching what exactly? I know you're touching something to do with the ASMR, but what exactly are you touching? 
Well, Zara's touched the robe. I was thinking about touching the robe, but I'm just going to go a bit sort of higher up to more sort of near the belt. <laughs> okay, give me one second. I need to do something. Oh, God. <laughs> you touched the butt. <laughs> you touched the butt. Just oh, don't worry. Just don't, don't, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. This is all going to come back to bite, bite, bite both of you in the ass in, in the future. Dude, I, I touched the robe. I yeah, was yeah, being yeah, yeah, considerate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was touching the robe, but just a little bit higher up. Uh, you said the belt. I went, uh, you, the belt was no, your I first. Said, I said, said the to robe close said, to the belt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's well, what I two, said. Well, two fucking ladies been noted down already. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I am not going to have you mess up what I said. That would be meta gaming. <laughs> no, meta gaming is knowing exactly what happens Shut when up you're not. Let me have this, you bastard! <laughs> All right. Otherwise, I'll call the I'll call the D and D handbook, which is on our Discord call right now. <laughs> right, Alara. Was... You place your hand on the robe, and you, you are. <laughs> For the sake of expediency, because we've only got a short amount of time left on the session, I'll say it's, it's a similar experience as to what happened to Zyrus. The flashback you get is an intense battle. It looks as though you're on a beachhead, surrounded by rubble, broken barricades, bodies, swords, weapons, gla glaives, pikes, spears, tridents, Warhammers littering the battlefield, the cries of soldiers, of pain, anguish, anger, and just generic battle sounds flooding your ears. You look down from about 20 feet up, and you can see this ASMR fighting fiercely, surrounded by what you can assume to be their own soldiers commanding their troops perfectly fearing like spearing off uh intense intense invasion force of the venorans you don't discern much only that whoever you are looking at right now is a leader they are respected they are capable they know how to handle themselves in combat. They, they've seen the horrors of war. They know how to deal with it. They know how to block out anything that can be used as a distraction or as a weakness. And that's where your vision cuts. Zaris, you have the same sort of outer body experience. But this time... You're, you're actually looking inside this very office. You're looking at the ASMR standing on ground level in front of the crystal. Arcane energy coursing in his hands towards it. You see a stream of energy from each hand connecting him to the crystal. You hear footsteps behind you. You turn and you see this large muscular athletic built elven male walking in he calls out lord meldir the people are ready those that have wished to leave have done so they've fled to the surface those that remain trust your judgment 
and they are with you until the end. You hear the ASMR call out very well. Then make your own decision. If you wish to stay, then go home. If not, I will give you one hour to get to the surface level. I hate the fact that I am having to do this. But we all know this is the only way that I can protect our people. We cannot survive another war. I am not going to let more of my people die. You hear the elven male say, yes, my lord. I'm not going anywhere. I will return home to my wife and child. Give me 15 minutes and then conclude the spell. I trust you. Just know that the people thank you for what you were doing. When the time comes, when we all are released from this, I can only pray that the world is in a less tumultuous place. A less perilous place. And that your judgment, above all else, was righteous and just. Thank you for what you are doing. Do not undermine... No, sorry. Do not underestimate the sacrifice that you are making in order to protect us. And do not underestimate the love that we have for you. You see the elven male turn and not hurriedly, but not exactly slow, just slight brisk walking pace. Exit the, the room, closing the door behind them. You turn your attention back to the ASMR. And it's almost as though he's been somewhat looking over his shoulder. Is it his the bulk of his attention fixed on the crystal? But it was just that little bit on the man that was speaking to him. You see him refocus his attention and he continues funneling arcane energy into the crystal. It's at this point that he begins to rise up off of the ground, his arms outstretched. And you hear him very, very gently say the words that are on the plaque. And it's at this point that you actually watch them being inscribed magically onto the brass metal plate that is embedded on the floor. His final words before the spell actuates is I pray to the gods that this is all worth it. And then you f see and feel this shockwave of arcane energy stronger than any blast you've ever felt in your life. And more potent than any magic that you have ever released from your body or been hit with in the years that you've been alive just explodes. What you see then is a top-down view of the entire city as this shockwave ripples throughout the streets. It doesn't rupture any buildings, it doesn't cause any damage. It's like smoke bending around objects. But somehow penetrating through them at the exact same time. There's not a sense of fear in this city. Far from it. There's a sense of unity. There's a sense of togetherness. There's a sense of hope. There's a sense of... Aspiration. 
belief that what is happening is wholeheartedly for the best. Unequivocal trust and admiration laced throughout an entire city's worth of people. Thousands of people. Maybe tens of thousands. You don't know. But the gist of what you see and what you feel is the actions of one man sacrificing something within himself to protect those that he loves on a monumental scale. To put it into terms of what a D&D player, and I'm saying this for the people at home as well, can understand. You're watching this man go from level 16 down to level 9. That's the level of sacrifice that he is making. He is sacrificing his arcane talents. He's sacrificing his physical prowess, his health. He is sacrificing parts of his body, not physical parts. He's not losing body parts. He's sacrificing his physical form to be the final component of this spell. You snap out of the, the vision and come back into the office with Vlar by your side. What do you do? Um, it would be like a weep of recognition and admiration. So it, it, it's not like that I'm like bawling like a child. It's more like you see kind of like in like in the movies or anime or whatnot where I'm crying, but there's no sound coming out of my mouth or anything. And it, it's it's in physically on my face. I'm not sad. I am more. overwhelmed at what I saw. And while I don't so I'm going to ask this because I I feel like that this would I don't know for sure if this is going to work, but I, I want to ask before I do this. Would we have had enough time to been able to regain spell slots? I'll say since the combat, you'd have had, well, yeah, go ahead and class this as a, a short rest. Okay. You're, you're in here from, you're, you're in here for a decent amount of time. I, I asked that because I, what I want to do, and this is based off of the knowledge as a player of what was just given to me, of you describing it as he goes from like level 16 to level 9 by giving up something. I want to give up my all of my spell slots for the entire day. Three first level and two second level 
to pour my arcane power into this ASMR to see if he will awaken. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and be completely transparent with you. What you are asking for has gone from a complete undisputable impossibility to an extremely high DC. I'm talking higher than the one that I made you roll for with the last crystal. Okay, so this is this is something that is going to be Okay, it will I'll be, make it even better. It, it'll be biblical proportions if you meet the DC. I'll make it even better. I'll give up hit points all the way down to one HP. That's 53 hit points plus all of my spell slots. Okay, no, I don't want you sac I don't want you sacrificing. I feel like that's fair. I feel I feel like that if if it's that high of a DC, I'm willing to go to that length for something that I feel is righteous after what I just saw and give up that portion to awaken a being that is capable of such a righteous act. I I'm willing to do that. I will give up three first level two second level and 53 hit points to to either make it a normal roll or guarantee that i can wake him up it'll still be a d100 it's going to be a high dc okay so i'm going down to one hp Okay, again, I'm going to post the DC in the chat. Okay. Just just so, know that before you make this roll, if you succeed, you're accelerating an event that was not due to take place right now. That, that's fine. That I, I feel like that this being the last episode of the year... This is something that I, as a player, would do. Okay. And this is something that Zerus would do as a character. Okay. To to essentially show his appreciation for what he just saw. So uh, Elera, I put my character sheet at one hit point. Elera, I've he removed would be, all spell slots. He would be one hit point until his next long rest. Yes. So there is your DC. It's gone from an absolute impossibility to having an extremely high DC. For those listening at home, he's rolling a D100 and the DC is 80. Fuck it. God damn it! Not gonna lie, I wanted you to succeed. God damn it! I wanted you to succeed. Okay, okay. Before before Zarus would have done this thing, would you have mentioned his plan? No, no, I like Or would you just so, gone and done it on a whim? 
B being fair, I would have probably done it on a whim. Right. But, but, god damn it. I wanted that to succeed I wanted, really I wanted, fucking bad. I wanted that to succeed because had you succeeded, we would be talking to our next player right now. I would have I would have seen like, I, feel, I would have I, seen if they were I would have seen if they were available and if they were I would have gotten them into the VC. God damn it. I, I, <laughs> like, oh fuck. Oh my god. Okay. Like, like that fucking bullshit. Like I gave up all of that shit. Damn. I mean Zaris, what the hell were you trying to do? You know yourself, Zaris, the roll of the dice, mate. I mean, we've all yeah, been, we've I, all been on I, the I side of it. I fucking know that, but that fucking irritates <laughs> the shit out of me. Zaris, what the hell were you trying to do, bud? Vlar is immediately going to uh, cast fucking... Uh, fuck, does she even have it now? Fuck. <laughs> I'll just uh, eat fucking cookies. I okay. don't fucking care. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, you've got a cleric on um, your team, so you could No, I'd you just be, keep her from wasting her spell slots, because, like, I, I, I now have nothing but cantrips until a long rest, so... Okay. Elera kneels down, and she's asserted to Satan, Zaris, Zaris, what did you see? Because it's fucking beating you, whatever you've done is beating you. You look like, I'm not gonna lie, hammered shite, so... What the hell happened? He gave up so fucking much. He was willing to sacrifice everything, everything that he held dear. His life, his f friends, everything. His he, this Asimor right here was willing to give up his own power to save this entire fucking civilization. So just to make just to be completely completely clear just in case on the off chance that there is any doubt as to what this spell did every single person in this city is still alive they are oh yeah i was about to get to that yeah they are still alive i just want to make that abundantly clear yeah. so i'm i'll tell alara and anon and uh vlar these people are still alive they're breathing living people these are his people these are people that he ruled over but he ruled it as no other person i have ever seen before ruled a nation he he, he is deserving of Thanks. praise he is deserving of recognition he he this person this ASMR standing before me, apart from the three of you here, I have never, not once in my life, have ever met anyone that I have 
recognized and have admired until this day. Next question. Is there a way to stop this? This freeze, invisible, frost type thing? Alara, I gave up my life just now and my my powers i gave up everything to bring this asmr awake is there (sighs) unless you unless you've got something else to offer i gave up everything just now i i'm on my deathbed at this very moment there's two trying to wake him up there's two things right now one is there anything of me you could use like my blood weapons i don't know connection with my god anything you could use on that front zara i'm gonna from what you've experienced already there isn't a a there's no bodily toll that the three that the four of you can can give up in order to make this happen the raven queen does not hold any sway over here your mother holds no sway here and from what you can assume it's highly unlikely that loth will hold any sway over here there there's nothing the the gods hold no power here this is something that a a being that is part deity themselves such as myself was willing to give that part of themselves up for the greater good there's nothing that we have here that can surmount to the sacrifice that we would need to give in order to wake them up there's something i need to think about real quick there could potentially be an option that i'm listening well uh, what <laughs> what you're gonna see alara do is you're gonna see alara turn turn away from zaris and she's gonna walk closer to the asmr that's frozen and she's gonna look at the skull uh-huh. and she's just gonna stare now in order to find to make up my mind here what I want to do let's just say that Alara's staring at the at the the face for a good 5-10 minutes and she's just staring and she's thinking she's seen Zara sort of you know weakened beaten she's seen Anon I don't know what Anon's doing at this point and she's just thinking and Sorry, I'm on my notepad here, sort of looking at all the options I've got here. Uh, she she looks in her bag. And she's rummaging around. There's the There's the The usual sort of potions. Some cookies that have probably gone stale now. She's still looking at the statue. 
and now would I need to roll a disadvantage for a religion roll because of the connection? No, it would just ever so slightly increase the DC. I will say that once you finish this religion roll, we are going to go ahead and end. Because it's okay. it's past finishing time, but I, you're in the middle of doing this, so we'll do this and then we'll end. It's a nine, so it wouldn't work anyway. What is it that you say when you reach out? I'm not having it just like, oh, the roll doesn't work. Like, the roll doesn't work. I want to know what you say, because, it, you know, we'll flesh it out. Give it a little substance. <laughs> what can I do? Is there... Could I drop blood? Could I offer power? Could I give a part of myself away to this thing? There's got to be something. If... But it's also defeated Zaris. I. I don't know. There's these cards in my bag, but I doubt any of them would work. Too much of a risk reward with them. But come on, you've got to help me here. All you've just said is there's a way home here, so there's got to be fucking something. Not taking no for an answer. Thirty seconds go by. Give me something. Please. 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 No response. It's not often that I fucking beg things of you, like in a serious way. Come on. You want you want to find you tell you what, you want to find out information about things? This is undiscovered. Apparently no one knows about this. Zaris's god didn't fucking know about this place. You want to know information? We're gonna have to work together on this one. But God's sake, fucking help me. There is a long, lengthy silence. Oh, you know what? Fucking forget it. And she's just gonna start turning away from this and we're head back towards Zaris. She's not expecting any response at this point. She's she's probably she I know you're probably sort of thinking you're probably we're gonna say something, but Elera's Elera is still listening, but she is walking towards Zaris at the same time. She's not tried to she's not she's not hung up the phone like fuck this, I'm off sort of thing. She's not hung up, she's Still right. got the line open, but she's focusing on Zaris at the moment. There is a response. So but it's broken. And jumbled. Essentially, what you get the gist of is she can't help with this. But any knowledge you bring to her will be met with reward. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we're going to end the final session of 2022. However, there's still a couple of things to do. For instance, my party all level up to level 7. I mean, woo! And on top of that, you're each all getting a Christmas present from me to you. So... I hope it's this isn't like the same, this, isn't, <laughs> this isn't like the same gift as the last gift that we got. 
Oh, like the fucking rhinestones. Trust and me. The, the silent brick. This, this is actually nice gifts, right? This is special. <laughs> so. Oh god. He's not saying it was good or bad. I'm scared. Anon and Zaris. I need the two of you to check your Discord DMs. Uh, okay, give me a minute. For your gifts are there. Anon, you're being oh. gifted you're being gifted the short sword known as Duelist's Grace. Zaris, you're being gifted the staff, the quarter staff, known as the Light Ward's Focus. And Alara, just in case you forgot you think I've forgotten about you. Far fucking from it. I'm fucking scared because as soon as you said check their DMs on there, I'm just thinking, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. That was like the gift of death. Alara. <laughs> Your gift comes in the form of a ring. Your gift comes in the form of the Ring of Ravens. Yours is a little bit more fucking complicated in order to give you because there's that much that needs to be done. And where the fuck did they go? Okay, so you've got the first part of it. I'll load up the dog. <laughs> okay. uh, shit. Hold on. Open in file locate. Oh, okay. So they're there and there. Okay. So if I can open that, upload a file, that and that. So, Alara, yours is technically a three part. So. For the listeners at home, Duelist's Grace basically turns Anon into a motherfucking tank. The Light Ward's Focus Quarterstaff allows Zaris to cast very, very pretty rainbows. I was, I was just about to say, so basically what I get is the, the staff of... Uh, Imagination. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was wondering how long it would take you to say that. And Elera's Ring of Ravens is an item that I have created from scratch. Uh, this allows Elera to cast find a, a slightly altered version of Find Familiar, in which she has the ability to summon one or both of Hugin and Moonin. Uh, each have their own stat sheets. Um, which have a couple of abilities per raven, as oh well as Jesus fucking Christ, as well as the ring having the innate ability to cast the spell plane shift. <laughs> I have basically, yeah. I like I said, I've turned Anon into a tank. I've turned. I've actually given... Actually, Anon, can you share with us what your current AC is? 18. You now have the ability to maximize that to 23. So, like I said, I've just made the rogue harder to fucking hit. Uh, Rob, I will email that. Since it, since it didn't load, I will email that to you uh, at some point. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen 
thank you so 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 much for sticking around with us tonight it has been a pleasure we are rounding out 2022 with mysteries intrigue and gifts so from the bottom of my heart as dm for this campaign thank you all to everyone who has shown even a modicum of support to this campaign the podcast and to us just general as players in a dm and to my players thank you very 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 much for taking a story that started off as nothing more than a skeletal idea in a world that is far from finished it's by no means fully fleshed out and turning it into the absolute clusterfuck of a roller coaster that this campaign has been. Now, I am prepared to offer you a choice. This choice has to be unanimous. Do you want to know who our next player is? I feel like that's fair because of one fucking HP. <laughs> before, before you know, you do you, you mention that? Can I say one thing that's you know quite relevant to this story and whatnot? Sure. Roll, roll, roll for initiative. Oh Jesus! Okay, I need a uni- I need a unanimous <laughs> unanimous decision. Do you want to know who will be joining us in the middle of chapter three? Ready, guys. Three, two, one. Yes. Yes. Anon. I said sure. We are going to be joined by Overkill. Oh shit! Overkill. Overkill is going to be playing the ASMR that you are standing right next to. The how to make him OP. The the how and the why (laughs) of their entrance into the campaign is yet to be discovered. However, ladies and gentlemen, from the bottom of my cold, dead heart, I wish you a very happy holiday season and nothing but the warmest welcome into 2023 possible. May January 1st usher in nothing but wealth, prosperity, and love for every single one of you, no matter where you are in the world. And if you choose to keep supporting this podcast, I make it my sincerest pledge to entertain you and to bring you along in a story that you think is gripping, interesting, entertaining, and filled with absolute fucking chaos. <laughs> I, love- I swear you'd think our character was schizophrenic, but the amount of fucking personality changes we go through all yeah. the time. <laughs> I love you all so much. We will be back. Anon, I'm changing this ever so slightly. I'm, I've got you in mind when I say this. We will be back recording on January 12th of 2022. So I am giving my players just shy of a month off. Ladies and gentlemen, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. But above all else, roll a fucking D100 to awaken your next player character. (laughs) Good night. Good 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 night, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is, and a very, 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 very. If I ain't happy today, Hanukkah. Oh, Jesus. And all you motherfuckers go to hell. I love you all. <laughs>